Welcome in, 9 o'clock. It's a Wine About a Wednesday with Talon Wine. If you've got something to complain about, get it off your chest by texting or calling us. Chick-fil-A Breakfast Team phone line, 970-242-1340. And this hour brought to you by Preston Lee. Country financially believes in building relationships, supporting the community, and serving others. Have a chat and let him help you protect the things that are important to you. Google him at Preston Lee Country Financial. All right, so I'm sure he's got something to complain about be his Rams losing in overtime last night. The Air Force, it's time to talk CSU Rams basketball with the voice of the Rams, Brian Roth. Talking CSU with the voice of the Rams, Brian Roth on the Jim Davis Show. And with us right now, the Chick-fil-A Breakfast Team phone line, Brian Roth. Good morning, Brian. Good morning, Jim. How are we? I'm doing fine. Like I said, it is a whine about a Wednesday, and I'm sure you probably got a little something to whine about with uh, the Rams falling to Air Force in overtime last night. We talked about you know Air Force, you know, one of the certainly toward the the bottom of the heap in the Mountain West Conference, and unfortunately the the Rams had an ugly game, an ugly loss last night to the Falcons. Yes, it, it, it was an ugly loss to the Falcons, and you know it's the Colorado State team that uh, was coming off a victory against Fresno State on Saturday, in which CSU seemingly Jim got back on track and got the shooting back going and. You know, you beat Fresno State by 22 on Saturday. You get your first Mountain West Conference win. And then, you know, an Air Force team that was rolling in here on Tuesday, last night, and an Air Force team that CSU has dominated <laughs> over the years. In fact, Rams had an eight-game win streak against the Falcons uh, going into last night's game. CSU uh, had won 20 of their last 22 games against Air Force. There was a Falcon team that, you know, they're improved this year. Joe Scott's in his third season there. And, uh, you know, we all know what Joe Scott did in the early 2000s at, at Air Force, and Joe's an accomplished coach. And, you know, it's it's a, it's a solid Air Force basketball team. But, you know, it just seemed like CSU was kind of getting it back rolling. You get a win against Fresno, get a win against Air Force, and, and, and here we go. Let's, let's see how you can roll against the rest of the conference. But instead... You know, it was an absolute dogfight last night in Fort Collins, and the game got to overtime, and um, Colorado State dominated. They got outscored 20-9 to in, in OT in an extra session in which um, Air Force didn't miss, and they went 5-5 five of five from the floor. So disappointing. There's no question about that. Disappointing loss for CSU men's basketball. 85-74 overtime loss at home to Air Force last night. CSU voice Brian Roth with us today on the Team Sports Network. And what has to be frustrating for Nico Medved is that you had a Falcons team that was averaging 63 points per game in their first three Mountain West Conference games, but then obviously you had a huge game last night offensively with you know scoring 85 points in that game. They're undersized, but they were very effective in the paint. They scored 42 of those 85 in the paint last night. They got 12 offensive rebounds. Like I said, the size was in favor of CSU, but but Air Force was just the, the better team in terms of scoring the basketball and better team in, in, in regard to what they could do in the paint. Yeah, well, you talk about points in the paint, and uh, former CSU coach Larry Eustace used to talk about Air Force this way. He said, you know, give me a box score from an Air Force game against another team, and I won't look at the final score, but the stat I'm going to look at is points in the paint. And he said, I can tell you with pretty good probability – if Air Force won or lost that game. And that's just the way it is with, with their Princeton-style offense. If you're giving up a lot of points in the paint against Air Force, it means that they're shooting layups on you, right? It means that uh, they're getting those backdoor cuts that are just so hard to defend. And I, I know fans out there, and I had some Ram fans 
uh, grousing through text messages to me after the game last night saying, can we stop giving up layups? I mean, what the heck? You know what they're going to do. How come you can't stop it? Well, it's like facing the Air Force offense in football, right? I mean, you know what they're going to do. They're going to run the football. Well, then you should be able to stop it. Right. That's perfect. Right? I mean, that's Air Force. They execute crisp offense. And, and you know, CSU has some first-year guys in the program. It's their first time facing Air Force uh, in their career. Rams played on Saturday. you got to turn right around and play Air Force on Tuesday. You didn't get a lot of... A lot of prep time. I'm not trying to make excuses, but that, th- those are the facts, right? But, man, I'll tell you what. Air Force came and it just executed uh, offensively, and, and they were getting a lot of backdoor cuts to the rims. They got uh, four or five dunks in the second half, Jim. And, and so, you know, we, we had Nico Medved on the postgame show, and we, we asked him a handful of different questions. And every single question we asked, he would pivot, and go right back to talking about defense and rebounding. And, and that's the only two things he wanted to talk about on our postgame show last night. Rams have been subpar defensively this year. They have been subpar rebounding the basketball this year. And we saw both of those deficiencies play out in a, in a loss to Air Force last night. Yeah, the defensive efficiency numbers have, have dropped, you know, like you said, you know, dramatically. First eight games, giving up 62 points per game. Now it's 77.4 points per game, the 85 points last night. And and Coach Medved you know, made the comment, we've absolutely fallen off a cliff. I've got to figure out, figure out this as a coach. We have to be better. What can they do to improve this defensive uh, slide that they're on right now? Well, that's that's the million-dollar question, right? And and I, I, I asked Nico that basically – verbatim what you just asked me and and you know nico said i, I don't know we've got it we've got to figure that out uh, but he did follow it up with saying you know can we uh become a much better defensive team yes i believe we can he said uh will we he said i don't know we'll, we will we will see it you know jim i i, I think the effort is there for colorado state i, I think the guys are are, are playing hard but, you know, and I know this is cliche and it gets thrown out there a lot these days in the term dogs. We need dogs on this team, right? So you got to have killers on the team. And I don't know if I want to say the Rams are, are <laughs> got some great guys on this team. Let me just say that. And it's a phenomenal team with terrific and dynamite young men on this team that are going to be successes in life. But do they have that that? edge to them right that that where you can go out there and you need a stop they can go and dig deep and and come up with a stop and uh can they go get that rebound where you're just gonna have to out hustle and out tough the opponent in a split second to go get that and you know i think that more than anything is has been the problem i I, don't, I think they're trying hard um you know the, the question is do they have that that collective toughness that we really saw from, from this team last year, and I know Isaiah Stevens is a tough kid and competitive kid, and, and you know we, we know about him. His pedigree speaks for itself. But you, know, you just wonder collectively as a team, right, how tough is this team to really be able to, 
to buckle down and grind out uh, defensive stops at the uh, at the end of games and and to secure defensive rebounds when you get those stops because I gave up twelve offensive rebounds last night. I gave up several second chance points when you, you when you, when you're able to get those stops. Can you end the possession right then and there? And the Rams have had trouble doing that this year. Yeah, not great when Marcel McCrary, who was averaging a whopping three points per game for Air Force, had a game I-26. So that doesn't help either. And kind of speaking to what you're talking about with the dogs thing, it made me flash back to David Bennett, Coastal Carolina football coach. Remember the cats and dogs rant? We got a bunch bunch of cats around here. We need some dogs. Uh, maybe there. I mean, I mean, barely CSU has lots of nice, nice puppies, cute, adorable puppies. Need some of those puppies to get big, get mean, get nasty here very, very soon uh, to get this thing turned around. Yeah, no, they they do. And, and to go back to Marcel McQuarrie. Now, Jim, you, you'll you'll appreciate this because you're a broadcaster and a play-by-play guy. Air Force is always interesting when you play them in basketball. They have 20 dudes on the roster, okay, and they've played, I think. 18 this year? I mean, that's a, that's a lot of guys lot. who have seen the court here this year. And so, uh, I mean, they, they started a, a guy last night who had only played in six games and hadn't started a single game last night. They start, he's, in the, he's in the starting lineup. I didn't even have him in my spot chart. And then the McCurry kid is at the very bottom of my spot chart. Now, he's played this year uh, in, I think, every single game. But a guy that, that doesn't do a lot for him, and you mentioned three points per game, he had only hit four threes the entire season coming into that game. His career high was nine points. He scored that. He's a freshman. He scored that in the season opener at Bowling Green back on November, like, the 3rd. And he comes out and hits five threes and goes for 26 points. Now, credit the kid. I mean, you know. Yeah, absolutely. You can, yeah, you can look at the past numbers and say, oh, this guy's not going to beat you. But he did. He went for 26. He knocked down five threes. Several of them were big, big threes in the contest, and you just you just never know for Air Force because Joe Scott will play so many different guys, and and a lot of them could be you know really interchangeable pieces. And well, uh, Joe Scott was pushing the right buttons last night because McCrary kid that doesn't play a lot, certainly doesn't score a lot, came in and just absolutely torched CSU in a career night for him. CSU Rams play-by-play voice Brian Roth with us today on the Team Sports Network. Patrick Cartier, 23 points lead the Rams last night, had a good offensive game. And you look at it, Isaiah Stevens had 17 points. John Tanji had 10. But for Isaiah, I mean, he did not shoot particularly well from the field. I mean, he had to work to get the 17 points that he got last night. And that was part of the problem, along with just really bad defense for the Rams, was that nobody else was really scoring the basketball, and Isaiah Stevens had to, like you said, put up a lot of shots to, to get to that 17 points last night, which did not help. Well, and that's kind of the, the unfortunate and sad thing about last night altogether, all where you know you have Isaiah Stevens, who is one of the best players in the entire Mountain West Conference, and, he, and he's a guy who can score efficiently on all three levels, right? He can finish at the rim, he can shoot mid-range, and, a very accomplished three-point shooter, but I think he has the best mid-range game at the Mountain West Conference, and he's able to able to get to his spots right around the 15-foot mark on the floor, whether it be from the three-throw line or from the uh, angle, and I think he's the best mid-range shooter in the Mountain West Conference. And, Jim, I can't tell you how many mid-range looks he got last night. And uh, some of them were contested, but, I mean, there was five or six mid-range looks 
that are right in his wheelhouse last night, including uh, uh, what would have been the game-winning shot uh, with two seconds to go. I mean, the Rams had the ball and had a chance to win it at the end of regulation. And you get it to Isaiah Stevens. He had a 16-footer. Again, it's in his wheelhouse. And he missed it. And we go to overtime, and the Air Force explodes in overtime, but they didn't miss a shot. But, you know, that, that's what's the unfortunate thing about this is that you figure if Stevens hits maybe two more mid-range jumpers in the contest, if two of those fall, which, you know, you, you look at the odds and the probability and say more times than not, that's probably going to happen. He's not going to go six of twenty-two, on and uh, uh, not going to happen again this year. I'm willing to bet that. But that's the sad thing. I mean, if if two more of those shots fall, obviously, if the game winner would have fallen at the end of regulation, if the Rams escape, you and I are talking about. Hey, they got a they got a uh, a tough uh, test last night from Air Force, but they were able to able to pull it out. You know, the narrative would be a lot different here on this. Wednesday morning for for Ram Nation, but alas, uh, as it is, you gotta you gotta put the ball in the hoop, and sometimes it doesn't go in the hoop, and you know Air Force comes away with the victory. Rams now nine and nine on the season. Brian Roth, voice of the CSU Rams, with us today on the Team Sports Network. So Saturday, you go to Vegas uh, when the Rams take on UNLV, and then uh, back home next Wednesday to take on number twenty three San Diego State. So. A uh, good stretch coming up, particularly with uh, the Aztecs nationally ranked coming in next Wednesday. San Diego State's really good, and, and Jim, I, I can't in it can't under as undersell how good the Mountain West Conference is this year. And maybe you have listeners out there that that follow college basketball a little bit, maybe follow the Pac-12, but you know, look, the Mountain West is really, really good. Here this year, in fact, by the net rankings, I think they're the fifth best conference in the in the nation ahead of ahead of the Pac-12. Okay, and and you look at the net rankings. You know, San Diego State's nationally ranked. They're a top fifty team. Utah State's a top fifty team. Nevada is a top fifty team. Boise State, New Mexico, UNLV. I mean, all those teams are top fifty teams that have a shot at going to the mouth or have a shot that to, to go to the NCAA tournament. And so, you know. You look at the games that that you think you should win. Air Force was one of them. Absolutely. Right? Now you have to go to UNLV, who is uh, I think fifty at the latest net net rankings at twelve and three. Rams got smoked by UNLV twice last last year. Then you get San Diego State coming into town. Then you have to go to Laramie, which is always a dog fight. Then you have to go to Boise State, which is going to be an incredibly tough game. Then you return home against UNLV again. I mean, that's just it's just one after the next, after the next, after the next. So um, CSU, uh, this nobody's going to feel sorry for the Rams. I mean, again, CSU's been a conference title contender each of the last two years. They've won twenty games each of the last three years. Nobody in the Mountain West is going to feel sorry for Colorado State. The Rams better figure it out because uh, the meat grinder is officially churning, and uh, uh, CSU's going to get torn up and spit out if they can't figure this uh, thing out quickly. Absolutely. Hey, Brian, always appreciate the insight. Thank you so much. All right, Jim. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. You too. Take care. Brian Roth, voice of CSU Rams, joins us every Wednesday on the Jim Davis Show. All right, 916. Coming up, uh, the interview I did with uh, CU coach Tad Boyle. Had a really good conversation with the coach of the Buffaloes. We'll have that. We're going to have uh, Buffs and USC tomorrow night on the team with pregame at 630. It is a wine about a Wednesday with Talon Wine, so if you got something you want to complain about, 
Send it our way to win a bottle of Talon wine. Chick-fil-A breakfast team phone line 970-242-1340. From Bronco Sarge, Jim, your wine today is not about the dog. And it really isn't about the dogs, per se, in my neighborhood. It is, and you're right, Bronco Sarge, it's about the owner who's apparently immune to the dog barking and do nothing about it. As for me, my left heel feels like hot fire, and my right knee is stiff, is stiffer than my Irishman's coffee. Oh, a little high octane. It is Wednesday, yeah. Run a little high octane there, Bronco Sarge. Good for you. Good for you. Uh, let's see, for our Robert Tierney, please give the head coach job to Coach Aviro. He has earned it. I want the Broncos to continue to hire new people. Former coaches have had their days in the sun. Coach Avira checks all the boxes. Our black brothers and sisters would be saying rightfully that the goalpost has been moved. Well, it'd be, as an African-American coach in the league, that'd be great if he gets hired. It's not like Denver has not hired a black head coach previously. Vance Joseph, they have, they have hired him in recent years. They have interviewed others for the job. I would like to say, like with any of them, what's Jim Caldwell, Dan Quinn, Ajiro Vero. Hopefully they hire the best candidate for the job. And hopefully they they view, if it is Ajiro Vero, I would have absolutely no problem with that, other than he lacks the experience to be a head coach. He hasn't been a head coach yet. This is his first year as a defensive coordinator. That's something that works against him. Young, promising guy that will be, I think, a head coach in this league in no time. But then again, you also have a Raheem Morris who's going to interview for this job, who's been a head coach in this league. Then I think the job that he has done since being the head coach of the Bucks has earned him the opportunity to come back and be a head coach in this league again. But certainly if it is a Giro Vero, I hope it happens for him. I just want them to hire the guy they feel is the best fit, not just for Russell Wilson, but for the best fit for the Broncos organization. Got one from Paul, who also called today. He's double-dipping today. That's okay. Listen to Cody and what he's saying, exactly what I'm saying. I should be considered as your backup guest host. You never know, Paul. Um, No, thanks. You never know. Mark sent uh, the... Rankings for the uh, transfer portal. He said CU is ranked number one in transfer rankings. They have done a, a fantastic job. I I have you know I'm I guess there's that party that thinks that they're they're going to get you know a, a more not the transfer portal so much, but maybe the guys they brought in. You mm-hmm. know why isn't it more five star guys? Well, they right. brought in a lot of four and five star guys. It's not like they haven't brought in enough transfer portal. Obviously. It's been impressive, along with the commits that they've had with with Dylan Edwards, who was the Kansas player of the year, is going to go to Notre Dame and then decided to switch his, flip his commitment, was going to go, I think was it Kansas State he was thinking about, then he committed to Notre Dame, and then he flipped his commitment to the Buffaloes. Omarion Miller, the wide receiver. This guy's a four-star guy. Adam Hopkins, the other wide receiver. Out of Georgia, four-star guy. They've they've done a nice job. Mm-hmm. No, there's no doubt that Coach Prime has done an, an outstanding job in in the transfer portal. Players that he already had, like Travis Hunter, selling them on hey, what we did at Jackson State, we can do in Boulder. Buffs football is going to be fun. I don't know how many games are going to win this year. I don't know. 
I'd like to think maybe they'll get bowl eligible. I'd, I'd like to think that. You'd like to hope. That's a, a sure. low enough bar, I think. Yeah, I think you have to be realistic for a team that was a one-win football team this last season. That's a brand-new roster, brand-new coaching staff. But so far, Deion Sanders has hit all the right buttons at this point in time. Mm-hmm. He's made Colorado relevant again. And speaking of making the Buffs relevant, this guy's been doing it for a long time. Tad Boyle, head coach of the Colorado Buffaloes men's basketball team. Uh, we'll play our conversation with him coming up in just a moment. Just want to let you know this hour is brought to you by Preston Lee at Country Financial. He believes in building relationships, supporting the community, and serving others. Have a chat and let him help you protect the things that are important to you. Google him at Preston Lee Country Financial. We'll take a break. We'll come back. Buffs coach Tad Boyle on the other side of the break on the Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network. Listening to the Jim Davis Show on the Team 101 FM 1340 AM Grand Junction. 9:23, Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network tomorrow night on the Team. We'll have the CU men's basketball team heading to LA to take on USC, and I had the chance this week to talk with the head coach, the winningest coach in Buffs history, Tad Boyle. Joining us right now. The winningest coach in CU men's basketball history, coach of the Colorado Buffaloes, Tad Boyle, joins us. Tad, I appreciate the time. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Good to be with you. Well, good to talk with you. And I think that uh, right now as you get ready for USC, much happier with how your team's playing defensively. I know uh, the game at Cal was, uh, well, you had some some choice words about how your team played in that game, most notably on the defensive end. But you got to be thrilled. The whole Jekyll and Hyde thing you talked about, they are right now being Dr. Jekyll, uh, which is a good thing. The way they play defense against Oregon and Oregon State, uh, the Buffs have really turned it around defensively the last two games. Well, we have. I mean, you know, and I always tell our guys, you're not as good as your last game. You're as good as your next game. And uh, what we can't have happen after a, a great weekend like this, you know, at home, which, you know, you're supposed to win your home games. Um, in conference play, and you have to go on the road, and you have to you know uh, beat quality teams. We got two quality teams that we're going to face in Los Angeles this weekend at USC on Thursday, and then UCLA on Saturday. So we we certainly cannot let complacency set in, and we have to understand what we did well against both Oregon and Oregon State, and and, and build on that as we as we go into this LA trip. Why do you feel like the last two games they figured it out defensively? What do you think has been the the spark there, the the moment that maybe helped them, Tad, kind of get get a better sense of what they need to do defensively? Well, you know, I think only our players know that the answer to that question. But uh, you know, I think the the, the loss to Cal uh, was embarrassing, quite frankly, uh, to them and and to me and to our whole program. Not that. Cal's not a good team or a talented team, but you know they were one and twelve as we headed into that game. Now they turned around and smacked Stanford by twenty-two. So obviously we got them going, gave gave them a little confidence. But uh, yeah, I think it was part embarrassment and in part uh, uh, a challenge that our coaching staff gave to our players. And we had a great week of practice. We went back to the basics defensively. You know, it reminded me one of my old. Uh, high school practices when I played for Larry Hicks at Greeley Central High School. We went for about an hour and 45 minutes with straight defense out of the shoot, and then uh, then we turned our attention to the offense at the end of it. But we did that for about two, two and a half days straight and, uh, and had great, great uh, practices leading up to both the Oregon and Oregon State games. 
Buffs men's basketball coach Tad Boyle with us on the Team Sports Network. Uh, KJ Simpson's been absolutely fantastic, though he was out the other night, was uh, was out with an illness, uh, but returned for the Oregon State game. Tristan De Silva, Tad. I mean, talking with Mark Johnson uh, about Tristan, that there's always last year the, the potential was there to be a really, I think, efficient, uh, you know, offensive player for your basketball team. Man, he's come a long ways this season. Had the, the career best thirty points the other night. Uh, Tristan De Silva has been just uh, a fantastic story the last few games. Yeah, he's really coming into his own, and you can just see the confidence that he has in his skill level and his ability to shoot the ball and put the ball on the floor. And uh, he's a matchup problem for opposing teams because he's got such skill and he's got size. And when you got size and skill, you know if they put a big guy on you, he can take him out on the perimeter and, and shoot threes he can drive around him they put a small guy on him he can go inside and, and post him up and so it, r- it really is a is a uh, dilemma for our opponents in terms of how they guard him and uh so he's he is uh becoming the player we thought he could be when we recruited him and it's it's that's that's what's great about college basketball is getting to see guys like tristan silva grow and develop and then uh, break out of their uh, break out uh, into uh, big time performers like he's he's becoming. And as I reference KJ Simpson, one of those really big time performers for you this season as well. Uh, yeah, KJ KJ is just a dynamic scorer. I mean, he can really really uh, score at all three levels. He can shoot the three. He's got great mid range pull up game. He can get to the rim. Uh, he can distribute for us. He's he's a terrific player and, and plays with. You know, he's, he plays with kind of reckless abandon, if you will. We've got to cut down his turnovers, you know, uh, a little bit more. But uh, K.J. is a uh, he's a scoring guard, let's put it that way. You mentioned the games coming up, USC on Thursday and then UCLA on Saturday. Uh, USC, Boogie Ellis has had a, an outstanding season, almost 16 points per game. You said these are two really, really uh, tough opponents you face when you go to L.A. Yeah, I mean, SC's got Boogie Ellis. They also have a guard, a 6'9 guard that you don't see very often. They can really put the ball on the floor. Is a matchup problem as well, named Drew Peterson. So, uh, you know, those two guys, it doesn't, it doesn't end with them, but it starts with them when you talk about USC. Uh, I've had a lot of success over the last few years and won a lot of basketball games. So that's going to be a heck of a test. And then, and then I've got UCLA, who's a top-10 team in the country, uh, waiting for us on Saturday. So uh, it's not going to be easy. But this is, uh, we'll find out a lot about our team, ourselves, kind of where we are. This will this will be a big, big uh, weekend for us uh, in terms of uh, uh, where, where the, what, what the future holds. CMN's basketball coach, Tad Boyle, with us today on the Team Sports Network. And, and Tad, you know, looking at your career, 13 years you've been the coach at, at the University of Colorado, your dream job. And you've only had one losing season there, trips to the NIT, obviously trips to the NCAA men's basketball tournament. When you look back at putting this program together, what are some, a, a couple of milestone moments where you go, okay, this, this was something we did that has helped to establish consistency and success at the University of Colorado. Are there a couple of those milestones for you when you look back at the, the last 13 years? I don't know if they're milestones so much as that, you know, turning points, like, you know, our second year, uh, which was our first year in the Pac-12 conference. You know, we uh, we won four four games and four nights in Los Angeles to uh, go to the NCAA tournament and uh, and win the Pac-12 tournament, the first one we had played in. That was certainly a, a time that you can look back and say, okay, that was a that was a point that we had as a, as a program that said 
we can do something special. Uh, you know, the one thing I, I, I said when I got the job at my, at my press conference, you know, 12 and a half years ago was, you know, we want to build a sustainable program at Colorado. Colorado basketball's had pockets of success. You know, Chauncey was here for uh, two years. They had a couple of really good teams. David Harrison was here for a couple of years. They had really, they had some really good teams, but they haven't really put sustainable teams together NCAA tournament NCAA tournament NIT NIT you know and and that's one thing that I'm proud of that we've been able to do is sustain the success and and I still think we there there are things that we haven't done second weekend uh, of the NCAA tournament you know a sweet 16 or beyond uh, I start with that because that's something we haven't done that uh, I'd like to get checked off the list before I uh, hang it up here at Colorado one of the things that I, I know is not an intentional accomplishment but it's a byproduct of winning and being successful and that's being the winningest coach in buffs men's basketball history uh you know passing socks wall set this this season for that that honor and i think you know you go back to when you were coaching at, at greeley west high school sophomore basketball coach there you were you know doing you know you're working on the financial side commodities and you know those kind of things if you go back to that tad boyle and, and would have told him hey you're gonna be coaching in colorado you're gonna be the winningest coach in the history of the program, what do you think that Tad Boy would have said about what you're doing now? Uh, no chance, <laughs> absolutely no chance. You know, you just you know, you never know where where life's going to take you. And uh, it's funny, I've got uh, three adult children right now. Two of them are in the workforce. One's finishing up college. But you know, as you, as you see your kids go into their professional lives and 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 they're in their early twenties, where are they going to be in their thirties? Who knows? Where are they going to be in their forties? Who knows? in their 50s you know you just don't know where life's going to take you and i you know i was very fortunate to have opportunities uh to coach high school basketball starting at greeley west high school and then going to loveland and then longmont after that and then and then getting a chance to get to the college level and, and taking that risk and taking that jump and having it bring me all the way back to my home state and the flagship university in the state and become the all-time winningest coach is something that you just uh, you don't foresee you just keep your nose to the grindstone, you work hard every day, and you, you hope to get lucky. All right, one final thing, Tad, before I let you go. You won a state title, Greeley Central, uh, your Colorado Player of the Year back in 1981. When you're out in the driveway over at the playground just shooting, who did you try to emulate? Who was the guy that, that you're like, okay, I want my jumper to look like Larry Bird, or I want it to look like Pistol Pete. Or was there a guy that you tried to emulate back in the day as a high school basketball player? Well, you just mentioned it, Pistol Pete. Uh, youngest son, his name is Pete, uh, after Pistol Pete. So Pistol Pete was definitely my hero. I loved Earl Monroe, Walt Frazier, the New York Knicks backcourt back, way back in the day. But Pistol Pete was uh, with the floppy hair and the baggy socks uh, uh, and the flair and the flash of his game. I, I really tried to emulate him. Uh, so, and I, you know, it's funny, Grand Junction's a big part of my youth because one of the things I did every summer, not every summer, but as I got older, is I'd go to over a basketball camp at Colorado Mesa College, and uh, Ed McCauley used to come run a camp there every summer, and I would save my money, uh, cut lawns, do, do chores around the house, whatever I'd do to save money to go to that camp. I loved coming over to Grand Junction, have great memories of that in the summertime, and and then, obviously, you mentioned winning a state title at Greeley Central, uh, something I'll never forget, and doing it in the, in, the, in the CU Event Center. So I've been very blessed 
to have a great career and, and be a Colorado guy. Well, here's here's one final a little connection between you and me. I was a sophomore when you were a senior. I was at the Ed McCauley camp when you were there as a senior. I remember we talking about, hey, Tad Boyle, you know, best player in the state, is at the Ed McCauley camp. And so I, I remember you being at that camp. You know, I, obviously, you know, your reputation preceded you, but uh, that's kind of cool that we were at that same camp, different years, but uh, you won a state title. Uh, I had the chance to play on a state title team at Fruto Monument a couple of years later. So uh, a little connection that we have, Tad. There you go. Yeah, yeah. That, that that Ed McCauley camp was a great camp, and and uh, I look forward to coming to, over to it. And you know, getting to a different part of the state where you know you don't get a chance to play against kids in the Western Slope and and get a little something different. Uh, I played against everybody in Northern Colorado, so uh, those are the good old days. I wish that camp was still going on. Yeah, I wish it was too. Hey, Tad, it's been a real pleasure. Thank you so much, and and best of luck on the, on the road trip coming up, USC and UCLA. I, I appreciate the time today. Absolutely. Good to be with you. Take Likewise. Care. Take care. All right. Tad Boyle, coach of the University of Colorado Buffalo, is allowed the buffs at USC tomorrow night. Mark Johnson, who will join us on tomorrow's program. I think I texted Mark about, uh, because of the time change and everything, early morning for him, whether he'll be with us tomorrow. I think he probably will be at his normal time of 7.20. But, yeah, I remember when going to that camp, and it was an individual camp, mm-hmm. and it was like, hey, Tad Boyle. That, you know, he's the best player in the state. Of course, Tad went up, went on to play at Kansas, was a captain for the Jayhawks back in the day. That uh, he was going to be at that camp, and I, I do remember that uh, that period of time where uh, he was. I remember they uh, they always brought in an NBA player to speak to the campers, and it was Bill Cartwright. That was uh, what Knicks and let's say the Bucks or the, and the Bulls, excuse me. Mm, yeah, sounds right. That uh, was the was the NBA player that they had brought in at the Ed McCauley camp. Ed McCauley, former Boston Celtic back in the fifties, and so it was a really cool camp. It was it was a lot of fun and a lot of different, you know, really talented players and some less talented like myself <laughs> get the chance to go to that camp uh, back in the eighties. But uh, really enjoyed talking with uh, Tad Boyle. So. Coming up, we'll have garbage time. Text to call the show, 970-242-1340. And it's, uh, we got one more. So we got another uh, one about a Wednesday with Talon Wine. Going from Dan today. And there's still time to get yours in as well. From Dan, my wine this morning, I opened up a new container of protein powder. And guess what? And as usual, the scooper was buried deep into the powder. How are you supposed to get that thing out without making a mess? I guess you got to take Use the spoon and dig, right? You got to spoon, dig it out, Dan. It's... Just guess. Get a handful and down the hatch. I don't I'm use a, protein I'm powder. I'm not sure what it's supposed to do. I'm, I'm, I'm with Dan, and that you would think the scoop would be at the top. I'm. You put, the, you know you, what? You, you put you, the scoop in first to make sure every container has room for the scoop. I guess. And then put. I guess the so, but I, I just. Or maybe you opened it upside down and it's really I, at the top. I, I don't know. But thank you, Dan, for your wine today. Is we appreciate it, it. Super obvious that I don't use protein powder. It's extremely obvious. I, I'll be honest, I haven't used protein powder in a long time. I probably should. Probably be good for me to do that. I chew my, chew my protein <laughs> like a red bullet of America. <laughs> Hashtag America. Hashtag America. All right, 938. And it's time for... That's the story of the greatest sport moment in all of history. It's time to take a trip back in time. It's this day in sports history. All right. Got the Nuggets playing tonight. 
there'll there'll be an action uh, this evening against Phoenix here on the team for a game at seven thirty. The Nuggets back in nineteen eighty four beat the San Antonio Spurs one sixty three to one fifty five in the highest scoring regulation NBA game. Nineteen eighty seven, John Elway leads the Broncos to a twenty three to twenty overtime win over over the Baltimore Ravens who are known then as the Cleveland Browns to win the AFC Championship. Elway, the 15-play, 98-yard march with a 5-yard touchdown pass to Mark Jackson to tie the game with 37 seconds remaining. Rich Carlos, he the barefoot, kicks a 33-yard field goal in overtime to give Denver the win. Sorry, that seems like a really poor belated birthday present for you to bring that up today. Yeah, it was then, too. 2009, Philadelphia, led by Donovan McNabb, eliminates the Giants 23-11 to reach the NFC title game for the fifth time in eight seasons. It's the first game in NFL history to finish 23-11. And then 2014, LeGarrette Blunt rushes for 166 yards and four scores as New England beats Indianapolis 43-22 to advance their third consecutive AFC championship game. Blunt joins Ricky Waters, who had five touchdowns for San Francisco in 1994 as the only players with four or more in a playoff game. And that's this day in sports history. We'll take a break. More of your text on this Wine About a Wednesday. Get that into us today. Well, why don't you cry about it? 970-242-1340, the Chick-fil-A breakfast team phone line. We'll return with more on the Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network online at theteam1340.com. Good morning, gentlemen. What are the haps? The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team. Welcome back, 943. Jim and the Buckeye Boy from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios, the most trusted name in automobiles. It is a one about a Wednesday with Talon Wine. Let's see, we've got one from Roll Tacos. I like Connor, but Romy Bean edges him out. Connor loses points with me when he was quoted as saying he liked the stupid piped-in incomplete at mile high. He should stick to hockey. Roll Tacos. Okay, I... As a Broncos fan, I don't hate incomplete. I don't love it. It's Every team has some traditions that you probably as a fan maybe don't dig. Like I'm not a huge Dinger fan. I understand why Dinger exists. It's it's nice to have a mascot that's that's kid friendly. It's part of the inter, the entertainment aspect of a, a professional sports team. But I'm not a big Dinger fan. If Dinger didn't exist, I'd be okay with it. It's like incomplete. Incomplete. I'm okay with it. When I've gone to Bronco games, have I probably said it? Sure. Do I have I said it every single time? Probably not. Probably felt some peer pressure that I had to say it if I've been to a Broncos game. But I've never I've never felt like for the entire game. I might do it a couple times ago. Okay, I don't mm-hmm. I don't feel like I need to do this every single time. I think you But that don't either. hate don't hate on Connor for that, okay? Right. It's not Connor's fault, but I do feel that for the incomplete chant. You either need to go more judiciously or go balls to the wall. And here's what I mean. You got to treat it 
not like a defensive back breaking up a pass, right, where it's thrown 15 yards over the receiver's head and the defensive back is like, yeah, blanket coverage, baby, all me. Not necessarily that pass was incomplete. Just a bad throw. Right. <laughs> if it's a good incompletion, if it's on third down, fantastic. First and 10, first play of the game. No. It's ridiculous. I agree. Third should be probably reserved for right. incomplete pass, third down, or incomplete pass that ends the game. And now, if you're not going to be more judicious, then just go all the way the other direction. Every single one. Every single throw that is incomplete. It's second down, two-minute drill, spike. Pass was incomplete. Even though that's dumb, you got to go balls to the wall if you're going to do it for every other throw. Is it dumb if they do it just on third down? Just key... A key no. incompletion. No, I'm fine with that. Yeah, I am too. And I've always, I've never had a problem with the idea of it. But first and, and fans- 10 from your own 25, 15 minutes left to go in the first quarter. No. Come on now. Let's at least slide into it's the like, game first. It's like guys that we've worked with that did play-by-play. I've had a couple yeah. guys over the years that have been like this, where they're calling a basketball game. Mm-hmm. Ball game just tipped off. Spots Dip- off. Bang! It's 6-3. <laughs> Come on. Or it's 2 nothing on a jumper, on a mid-range jumper. He throws it down with the layup. Because we've worked with those guys. Where it's like, okay, stop that. You want to be, you want to be mm-hmm. upbeat. You want it to be exciting. You want the listener to feel like you're excited about being there. But there, there comes a point. Where a, can you go from there? But, it's, but yeah, then all of a sudden now you've established that every, everything is exciting. Mm-hmm. Every yeah. like my dog gets we yep. went to dog training last night. Everything is exciting to Guinness. Every single thing that walks by him, he human dog, dog toy, dog bed, just being at PetSmart. Everything's then you have to make everything, mm-hmm. and that after like it's fatiguing. If you're a if, listener, it wears you out. If everything's exciting, nothing's exciting. Then nothing's exciting. If you have to hype up every yep. single thing then you're not doing your job. And if you give me a bang in the first half, it better be the end of like a 19 nothing run. Didn't mean to give you a bang in my no, microphone you're fine. there with my, my cup. Sorry. That worked out, though. <laughs> you can't get a bang. It's 9-8. Oh, come on now. You got to save that. No, I will reserve it that for one out early. If it's first, okay, say it's first half of yeah. a Maverick basketball game. It's three minutes in. Baskin steals at midcourt, mm-hmm. goes down the floor, and throws it down. Tomahawk jam. You're probably going to lose your crap a little bit. A little bit. Yeah. But also... I think it's the greatest play in the history of basketball, but that's a rare case where I'd go, okay, if you want to yeah, you go, go a little... Because that's a great play. Finished with a big yeah. dunk. That's, that's perfectly acceptable, and you should do it that way. You we also know that it's early. Mike... Leave the good one in the bag still, right? Yeah, it's you want it to be an energetic call, mm-hmm. but like I said, it doesn't have to be like the greatest dunk call you've That's ever like tried to roll out three there. Three-pointer with nine dagger, right? and the team loses. What's, what's bad is when they're up by 25, mm-hmm. stealing a dunk, and you make it sound like they just won the game on yeah. the final play, where it's steal, and he throws it down. He, if it's a big, dunk. if it's an exclamation, well, you know, and you can feel it. Right. But if it's still like five minutes left Mm -hmm. to go in the game and you're up by 25, that's when you probably want to dial it back. Right. But, you know, if the Chiefs Chiefs up 
27 to nothing you're really in no con uh you're really in no condition to go yeah incomplete patrick mahomes yeah. you suck you can't you're not really in a position to do that and to, to defend connor who does the pa for the broncos yes so what's he's that's supposed a to, bit that's part of the job yeah and, and you're going to embrace that you're going to lean into it because yeah. you're the pa guy so and he's very good at yeah. every other aspect of doing the PA. absolutely and and we're not looking we're not hating on Romy Bean no we we have a relationship with Connor we he's one of our he's one of our guys yeah. to fight nine seven zero we're just gonna we're gonna defend him on this mm-hmm. one though but I but I you know, World Tacos says incomplete on third down sounds good the, be judicious judicious with how you use it don't mm-hmm. dole it out very sparingly only third down yeah. incomplete pass or big or if it's a big incompletion that's going to lead to a victory right that's it's why Gus Johnson doesn't work in soccer right because he's used to ball flying down the field it's a huge play incomplete or not this is gonna be a and it's back the other way it, it doesn't right. work you know there's just it's one of those things as a non Broncos fan which might be in the house coming up this next season, Browns in Denver, then it's going to be one of those, it's going to hear this all the time. Especially if Deshaun Watson's playing, I'm going to hear that a lot. A lot. But break it out on third down or every single, if it's a spike to stop the clock, you got to say it. Because to me, it's it's along the lines of, remember how we've always given, Cardinals fans have always been, Given this, they know baseball better than anybody. Yeah. When there's a, you know, balls hit to the, you know, great fans. To, to the, you know, to the, mm-hmm. you know, the left side or you know, to runner, get a runner on second, ground out you know, to ground, second base, and then move the runner to third. They're like, oh, that's yeah, that's brilliant baseball. Exactly. No, it's not. Well, well executed sack yeah. bunt. Broncos fans, let's let's be knowledgeable football fans here. It only really should be third down, yeah. incomplete pass. And I'm even I'm even okay in that case if you're just doing it on third down. Mm-hmm. If it's the thing you described, yeah, it's an errant throw, wasn't great defense. I'm okay with that. You gotta know. You got read the room. You know exactly. I mean? I'm I'm okay with even. But if it turns the ball back to the the Broncos, forces a punt, mm-hmm. regardless of what that pass was, I'm okay with that. Defender gets a hand on it. Yeah. Sure, break it out because they act. Your team actually did something. Or yeah, if you want you know to use I mean? it, not just in third down, but mm-hmm. it's a like. Sertan makes one yep. heck of a play. Draymond Jones on, watch it out of midair. Roll it out. Don't care. That's okay. That's fine. Yep. When it when not just when it's second down, five yard out that the ball's thrown into the boundary, mm-hmm. bad throw. You or I could have covered the guy because <laughs> it's just a bad yeah. throw. There's no way going to get to it. I want to know. Then don't then don't do it. Then I don't dovetailing even more into the wilderness. I want to know if. They've ever broken it that fast was incomplete, and then have to come back. Uh, turns out that actually was complete. Our bad. It's probably happened. I'm sure. It has to have. It it has to have. All right. So, thank you, World Tacos, for the text. We appreciate yeah. that. Let's we, you uh, get a half percent agree. <laughs> Let's hop in the dumpster. We're taking out the trash. It's garbage time on the Jim Davis Show on the team. Oh, I love trash. Okay, um, did you see last night 
NBA TV's NBA Game Time. No. Shaquille O'Neal showed up on there. No, I missed that. Shaq showed up with a little wispy shadow of hair. You know, normally he's bald. Yeah. But you could see there's like there's this little bit of didn't hair. Get, didn't quite get the uh, travel bick on the dome there. And so I'm just looking at it here, and I'm, I'm no hairstylist. Not my thing. Thinking he probably looks better when it's just totally shaved off. But he yep. was, I guess, basking in the new look that he has with the very, very faint sign of hair on his head. Yeah, I, I didn't see, so there's no telling. Well, exactly. yeah, there's really not a lot to see, to be quite honest. You can see there's a little tiny bit there, but, but not much. Uh, EA Sports is removing the CPR celebration from Madden. After the Demar Hamlin incident, that's and probably smart. That's a really good decision. Just don't put in the team photo celebration. Yeah, absolutely. And there's a University of Oklahoma quarterback. His name? This Spencer is his name. Radler. No, he's oh. going back to South Carolina. By I the know. way, guy's name is General Booty. General Axel Booty. I'm not kidding you. That's his name. It's a great name. And apparently he is going to be hawking the General's Crimson Cream. It's a blood orange margarita body cream. Nice. Any relation to John David Booty or Major Applewhite? I do not know. But he outranks like they, Major Applewhite, doesn't he? Absolutely. Yes, he does. He outranks him. So get some of that uh, margarita blood orange General Booty's body Rita's. cream. All right. That's our show for today. Back with you tomorrow morning at 7.